Bush, where do you stand on Biscoff? Oh, it's the um, it's kind of the the breakthrough flavour, isn't it, of uh, the past eighteen months? Maybe the breakthrough flavour of the of the lockdown. Of, I would uh, say. You know I, mean? I would say. Welcome, by the way, to the uh, to Hi. the podcast. We, um, we were just talking about biscuits and stuff, and then we just press record. It's <laughs> in the middle of our chat. No, the reason I ask about it is um, uh, my wife has messaged me through the show today um, saying she wants to make a Biscoff cheesecake. Oh, that would be lovely. Um, But on the way home, could I go to the supermarket to look for Biscoff biscuits? Because she went into one supermarket earlier. They'd sold out Biscoff biscuits. Yeah. Now, during the podcast you're about to hear today, we talk about a UK food shortage in the supply chain of something else. Yes. Um, It appears that Biscoff is also an issue. So maybe on tomorrow's show, we have the Biscoff Hour. Biscoff Hour would be so good. But remember, we did weird toppings of something not that long ago. And I remember uh, maybe even a crumpet. Uh, we, didn't we buy like a pot of spreadable biscoff? We did, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Digestive biscuits. And then we realised we put digestive on digestive. That's our producer Idem's voice. You can hear just slightly off in the distance. We were talking about stuff to put on digestive biscuits and then we put biscoff on it and then it was like a biscuit on a biscuit within the biscuit. It was too much biscuit. It was like biscuit inception. Would be, it would be. Uh, would, you, would your other half, would, would Natalie be up for buying biscuit... Biscoff paste for her cheesecake? Would that get round the biscuit issue? I don't know, to be honest. I mean, I'd buy it because I think I'd spread it. I, I think it'd be great toast at breakfast. Would it, though? I don't know. I felt like it was too much. So there's people listening to this right now who, who have Biscoff all the time on stuff. Mm. D- d- have a voice. Get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. And our emails will start working again as well now. So yeah. hometime at absoluteradio.co.uk. Just drop Biscoff into the subject of your email. Welcome to our first ever chicken hour on the show. You're probably asking yourself, why have the boys devoted the first hour of the show to chickens? Well, friends, that is exactly where this country finds itself this evening, uh, with Nando's having to pause operations in 50 restaurants and KFC having similar problems last week because of supply chain issues in the world of chickens. This is the crisis we find ourselves in. So the weird thing is, sometimes you don't really realize you've got a good thing until it's gone so exactly we thought let's just do an hour right an hour of nostalgia and sharing our love of chickens in any way shape or form first ever meal i had in my university town of bournemouth when i rocked up as a as a fresh 18 year old kfc I reached a little KFC with first chips and beans. First ever thing that I did. <laughs> that was where I decided I'm going to I'm going to start student life. Right, okay, I'm free. I've moved away from home. Where am I going to go? KFC. Started there and it carries on to this very day. Exactly. I, I, I've got a little uh, egg, because eggs are obviously part of the whole chicken thing as well. Yeah. That, that's a legit thing to chat about right the way through till five. And by the way, we are chatting about this until five o'clock. Even if we all collectively run out of stories, we just have to play songs. We'll so. play more music if it pulls up short. There's no sort of changing to another subject. It is, it is chicken all the way till five. We are all in on this. Uh, so, with that in mind, does anyone else get a slight moment of apprehension when they've got a spoon or a knife and they're about to take the top off a boiled egg? Yes. I have, like, a couple of run-ups. You know the way you might adjust your footing if you're about to get onto an escalator? Because <laughs> you doubt yourself at the last minute. I don't know if there's a technical term for it, but I definitely have that. Do you have a pet chicken? That's, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? Love to hear that as well. 
how many eggs you get out of it you know, on a weekly basis. So, so many questions, so little time. It's easy, though. It's chicken hour. Anything chicken-related goes. So it's up to you guys the way you take this. Oh, what about this? I grew up with 150 chickens, says this person. It was my granddad's small holding. Wow. Imagine that, just being out there with the chickens. And Can you train them? Can you get them to do any tricks, chickens? I don't think they're a trainable animal. Aren't they? I would have thought there's always a, a, a slight sort of sub-level of noise if you're living with 150 chickens as well. Who is it that I know that lives next door. Is that our producer, Adem? Have you got chickens next door? Someone I know has got some chickens next door to where they live, and it's quite annoying. Wendy says, I bought 19 chicken drumsticks yesterday. <laughs> so that's the, okay. mean, that's the first thing that's come through. Cracking it equally story. could be the cause of the supply chain issue, I don't know. You better not be hoarding, Wendy. Don't you go hoarding drumsticks. Uh, Johnny New Yorkshire's having chicken tikka masala tonight which is great. Star Kirby says, I've got a pet chicken. Her name's Dora. She's incredibly pampered, lives in the house, and I think she's my child. Neil says, back in the early 80s, when I was on CB radio, my handle was Super Chicken. Don't know why I chose that name. Uh, And Stu says, Zinger Tower is the best chicken sandwich out there. I wouldn't argue with him. Would not argue with him. We've got Mags on the line. Welcome to the show, Mags. How are you doing? Hi, Bush and Richie. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? We're good. good. What is this chicken info you have for the show? Yeah, um, my my partner, Gary, um, he reckons that he can hypnotise a chicken by picking it up and stroking it between its eyes. (laughs) Wow. And do you believe your partner's claim that he can do this to a chicken? Yeah, yeah. I said he's done it several times. I have yet to witness it myself. Um, I don't know if it's there on the chicken. But he says then once he's done it, the chicken just stands there and does nothing and he has to... I don't know if it's the word de-hypnotise the chicken by doing the same sort of <laughs> Like a stage, stage hypnot- hypnotist at Butlins has to reset everyone allowing them to go back to their seats. I was about to say, imagine yeah, if yeah. there was some kind of like chicken primetime TV channel and there was a, a, a chicken equivalent of Paul McKenna. Yeah. But what he did was stroke them. It would be a very different stage hypnotist show, wouldn't it? Well, I, I'd definitely yeah, watch it. it would be, yeah, yeah, it would, be, it would be interesting, if nothing else. So have you got any chickens anywhere near you that you'll be able to put your partner to the test with this or you just have to take his I, word for it? I've just got to take his word for it at the moment. My next door neighbour did used to have two chickens. Um, but they got hypnotised um, and disappeared. <laughs> well, they've disappeared somewhere. Maybe just because she's got cats now. I don't know. But um, yeah, I'll, I'll, um, I'll try and locate a chicken somewhere and see if I can video Gary doing it and I'll send you it. Oh, Do you think we're confusing <laughs> hypnosis and sleep? Because Bush, I reckon if you were to come round here and stroke me between my eyes, I'd fall asleep pretty quickly. Let me tell you, that's a feature on the show that ain't happening. That's another story, isn't it? <laughs> Lovely to speak to you. Take care. Cheers, Matt. Okay. Bye. 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 Michael says, former US Vice President Al Gore can hypnotise chickens. It's a real thing. I learnt this in first grade when he was Vice President. So maybe Mags from earlier on, her fella Gary, is actually telling the truth. In fact, Chris says, didn't Iggy Pop sing about hypnotising chickens in Lust for Life? We'll have to check the lyrics. Uh, Amanda in Lincolnshire, listening to the show whilst making chicken jerky in her food dehydrator. How about that? Uh, What about this one? We have 15 chickens. They are great fun, including three po. Polish chickens, which likes to sit on your shoulders like parrots. Uh, this text says, watch a chicken before it pecks the feed. It moonwalks a few steps back, then pecks. <laughs> this is great. <laughs> got to keep these chicken stories coming. We only had about 13 minutes left of chicken hour. Liam, you've got a, uh, a chicken piece of info for us? So, chickens are the only animal that can use two eyes independently. So, one eye can be looking around for, for food, for grain or whatever. The other one can be looking at uh, or looking for predators. 
Wow. Um, so they've got eyes like, um, you know, like, well, I'm thinking of Rango, really, the, uh, the lizard <laughs> from the uh, movie. You can go and look in different things at different times. <laughs> I believe so, yeah, from uh, from a, a programme that I watched, because I, I do have a, a strange love for chickens. So, Steady so, yeah. saying that on the radio there, <laughs> Liam, mate. <laughs> OK, that's a, good, that's a good first fact. Do you have any others? Um, they can solve puzzles, so you can train them to Come on. kind of like get a grid um, with a bit of paper on. The paper has shapes on it, and you can train them to know that the treats are behind certain shapes. That's amazing, because we, we were wondering earlier on whether chickens were trainable. We, mm. That was the, the, one of the first bits here on the Chicken Hour, and you're saying they yeah. 100%, 100% can be trained? They can be, yeah, yeah, for certain bits. Liam, going forward, uh, should another big news day break regarding chickens, would you happily be the, the home-time chicken correspondent? I certainly would be, yeah, not a problem at all. <laughs> Liam the chicken guy, we'll put you on file. <laughs> Cheers, thank you. So, look, let's all stop for a second. Let's stop what we're doing and think about the cars that we've previously owned and loved. Imagine them driving past you now, right to left. <laughs> like one of them displays, you know, when, like, North Korea does all of its military might. Like that. <laughs> all your own, previously owned cars. Maybe it gave a little name to them. Imagine what the colours were like, the smell of the interior, the little quirks and foibles that only you, know, you kind of knew about and a new owner wouldn't know. The reason I mention it is that um, I'm sad to say that we've traded in our VW van. I've heard a lot about your van. I feel like it's part of the Hometime family. It is, isn't it? I you love that van. You got it stuck van. once, didn't well, you? I got it stuck in the... Um, what was the name of that? Mul- multi-storey car park somewhere. Yeah, uh, in Essex. Brentwood. Brentwood, that's it. Mm. Brentwood NCP got trapped in the actual entrance. That was nice. My mum and dad had a bongo friendly when I was a kid. <laughs> well, you conceived in it. Yeah. So, I was not conceived in bongo friendly. So, I feel like vans run in the family. And it's been a great servant for us going up, up north to see family and mm. stuff like that as well. But it's time for a change. We've traded it in and gone for a car. And I love the new car that we've got. It's brilliant and everything. But I always, whenever I see a, a VW van driving around, I'm always a bit jealous. Of course you are. And then secondly, I always think, wonder if I'll ever bump into it again, that blue VW van. And I just wanted to put a question out there to everyone right now, right? Have you ever bumped into a car that you previously owned? Natalie did. My wife did. Really? I would, Seriously. How does yeah. that feel? Uh, she, she, the moment she got to the end of that particular journey, when she had bumped into her old black Mini that she used to own, yeah. she messaged me immediately and said, I've just pulled up behind... She called it Jessie. Oh, there you go. It's lovely she name. said, I just pulled up behind Jessie. Oh, I can't believe it. How is she looking? Did she <laughs> seem happy? I, I, well, she was wistful because she loved that car. I, I always think, like, is it is it weird then? Would you would you try and see whether the car is in good nick and, and has it got a connection or a bond with the new owner? Do you know what I mean? Is it a nice experience seeing that car with someone else? Do I, need, do I even need this in my life? I, I would want to do it. I've recently moved one of my cars on. Uh-huh. Um, and what I would have liked to have done is not be the tight person that I am. Because what I've actually done is obviously removed it from the auto pay for the dart charge if you're crossing over the Dartford Crossing. It's out of your life now. You know, but yeah. part of me would like to have kept that on my direct debit just so I could see if it's still having the odd little dart for trip. I know what you mean. So I'd happily pay for it to do that. Even if I, I, I'm one of those people that's terrible at updating um, details like addresses and stuff. So even if I got a speeding charge for the new owner, I'd still love to just see a little black and white photo of it. I reckon I'd break down in tears. <laughs> so we put this to you, dear listeners. Have you ever bumped into a car that you previously owned? And if you have, what's it like seeing it with a new owner? John has. He says it was 800 kilometres from where I sold it, back near my hometown where I bought it seven years earlier. Funnily enough, though, 
I was beside the road waiting for the RAC to come and fix the work car that I was driving. Oh, that must hurt. That must yeah. cut. Uh, there's some good ones here. Greg says, my dad's old Montego was last seen in an episode of The Bill being crushed in a car crusher with a dead body in the boot. <laughs> he had the episode on VHS for years. And I love this one. Sophie says, my old convertible Beetle, now 18 years old, went tearing past me on the M25 recently. After I got over the shock of seeing it again after all these years, I was just so proud. Go on, girl. This tweet here says, when I sold my second car in the 80s, mm. the purchaser bought the car and when driving away, drove straight into a lamppost. So, <laughs> oh, God. It's like a wheel rolls back down the, past them on the street. <laughs> so the poor fella here, obviously the transaction done, it's, it's all been done, and then, and then sees his old car <laughs> driven into a lamppost. What a way to go. What a way to end that relationship. Chris says, down a similar line, Our old, uh, my old car ended up on the front page of the local newspaper when the power steering failed and the new owner crashed and rolled it to the bottom of a hill. My mum rung me to tell me to grab a newspaper. What, a, what about that drama? Can you beat that for drama in terms of seeing a car that you previously owned? Well, Chris has because he sent us a tweet with a newspaper article. That's how he bumped uh -oh. into it. Whoa. Yeah. Headline, car crashes down embankment from the Shropshire Star... And there's the article, complete with a picture of his old car <laughs> perched upside down. I wonder how that makes you feel. That must be so bizarre. Yeah. Uh, Neil says, yes, last year in Torquay, where we go on holiday, our old car that we traded in 18 months earlier was in the car park of a pub that we went to in Shippey in Torquay. That's amazing. Uh, and then this fella says, I've seen my old van that had dozens of music festival car park stickers from nine years on it. They'd all been removed. Felt like it was stripped of its history. No, that's horrible. That's a shame, isn't it? We've got Mike on the line. Mike, tell us, what, have you ever seen a car that you previously owned? I was driving home from work uh, a couple of weeks ago and just driving behind this car. You know, didn't think nothing of it. And then uh, recognised the number plate. It just sort of jumped out at me. And I thought, oh. And then got through the next roundabout and I was sort of waving my arms madly at the other driver and uh, in reflection, I think I really confused him. Do you know because you know you see you watch that program um, Who Do You Think You Are? Yes. And they go back to someone's like old house or whatever. Yes. And they're they all, on the telly they always let you in to have a look around. You're like I'm so sorry I, I was born here. Do you mind if I have a look around? Do you think the, the new owner of a car would let you sit in it for a bit or have a go in it because he used to own it at some point? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't get a chance to speak to him. I think he thought I was mental. <laughs> I can imagine that I, if it was me I, I, there aren't really any hand gestures you can do to mine. That's my old car. Yeah. I used to, you I think used it was on fire that. or something? wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah, you weren't very good at lip reading anyway. <laughs> Needless to say, Richie won't be doing that impression again. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Welcome to the Midweek Games Night, something we try and do every Wednesday. Break up the uh, monotony of the week by giving you a Games Night for the final hour of the show. Uh, we try and make it a different game every week. We, we try. A <laughs> uh, couple of weeks ago, you were off on holiday. Uh, the Olympics was uh, still in full swing. I started off the Olympic sound. A fiendish quiz. Three sounds of three games from the Olympics. You have to guess what the uh, Olympic sports were. Called it the Olympic, uh, the Olympic sound. Right. <laughs> you weren't impressed when you returned. It was just a very straightforward title. Little <laughs> little did I realise. I, I just thought the time it would be gone, be gone soon. That'll be it. But yeah. uh, little did I realise it's still going. It's still here. Three weeks on. Um... In the first week, everyone was guessing one of the sports. Last week, thought it would go. Somebody guessed two sports. 
but nobody guessed all three, which would then clear this competition out of the way. Now, we're, we're going to play you the clip again. Uh, this is, what, the third or fourth week on the trot of doing this? Yeah, we'll play is, the yeah, clip again. Yeah. It's like Groundhog Day for us. <laughs> we just wanted to say, and this is something we don't... We'll take this on our shoulders, so you don't... We don't want any stress on you guys, but we're getting a lot of pressure from senior management to, to get this competition wrapped up and... Out the door, do you know what I mean? Which isn't fair. It's not fair. Because it's you lot that haven't guessed it. Yeah, but we don't want you to feel any pressure. But um, because of the rules and regulations with radio competitions, we're not allowed to move on until you have guessed it. No. A little bit like, you know that in, in Superman where they're trapped in that mirror? Yep. That glass thing forever in space. We're like that until you can free us of this curse. So have a listen. These are the three sports. So, we'll play them again in just a second. Everyone in the first week was guessing table tennis, so we know that's one of the sports. One of them. We're going to be charitable. We'll let you know which of the ones was guessed from last week by gentleman Ben, all right? He guessed fencing. So that's two of the three. You just need to guess one more. And like I say, we're getting a lot of pressure from senior management about this. Here's the clip one more time. You're trying to distance yourself from this because you know what you're about to play. If you want to guess the Olympic sound, Bush and Ritchie's Olympic sound, 03301231215, take your calls until 6.20. So you might be listening at home or in the car or wherever, think, oh, Bush and Ritchie are overplaying it about the pressure that we're under from senior management to wrap the competition up because the Olympics finished a while back. We're not, right? We received an email earlier on when they caught wind of the fact that we're doing it again tonight. <laughs> and what we've done, we've used the, you know, you can get like an internet thing to voice it for you. This is the actual email that we got from senior management a little bit earlier on today, just before the show. Dear Bush and Richie, we couldn't help noticing that you are running your Mystery Olympic sound competition again tonight. We presume this is an error as we're sure you're aware that the Olympic flame was extinguished 10 days ago. We are deeply concerned that if the feature isn't wrapped up tonight then we face the prospect of the show sounding irrelevant, off-topic and without its finger on the pulse. We can't stress enough how important it is that this feature does not return to the show next week and we would urge you to encourage your listeners to do everything they can to bring it to a conclusion as soon as possible. All the best. The senior management team. I think that's perfectly clear. <laughs> that, that, the, the, the bit that resonates for me is uh, loaded language at the end. We would mm. urge you to yeah. encourage your listeners to try and guess as soon as they can to try and wrap this up speedily. Pressure's on us. Pressure's on you as well. Right, OK, oh let's uh, let's go to some of your guesses. Who's this? Oh, this is uh, Ben. I called you guys last week. Uh, apparently, I was the only one to get two of these these questions right. You are Whoa. our hope. This is our hope. This is the guy that's going to free us from this curse. <laughs> oh, man! This is exciting, Ben. It's all on you. <laughs> oh, don't hold my hopes up, but I'll give it a go. go on. Right, Ben, take it away. Right, so we've got table tennis and we've got the fencing that I thought beforehand. Now, it's a toss-up. I think it's a contact sport. I'm hoping it's going to be something like judo. You're saying fencing, table tennis and judo. Ben! Oh! Uh, deja vu! It's two out of three! Oh. No better. No better than where you are, Ben. I'm afraid we're still stuck with this competition, but thanks for trying. All right, buddy. OK, you take it easy, guys. Hello, home time. Who's this? This is Paul McGuire. Hello, Hello, Paul. Welcome to the Olympic Sound. Thank you. Paul, we're stuck with this competition until we can be released by someone getting it right. Can you please tell us what the final remaining sport is? Uh, I think it's taekwondo. 
good guess. We're still trapped. Two out of three. Uh, it's not Taekwondo. OK. Cheers, buddy. Hello, home time. Who's this? Hello, it's Craig. Craig, welcome to the Olympic Sound. Hello there. Craig, I've got a good feeling about you. What is the final sport that no-one can guess? I think it's stunt BMX. <laughs> Keep uh, the calls coming, 03301231215. It's not Stunt BMX. Sorry, Craig. Don't forget, we are under huge pressure from senior management for this to be wrapped up tonight. They're not happy. Let's hope it works. <laughs> right, OK. <laughs> let's go to your calls. Let's uh, let's find out if anyone's going to get it. Who's this? Hello. Ah, I got through. <laughs> it's Tony. Tony, the excitement. We're, we're really <laughs> delighted about this. Maybe it's you who's taking this whole thing down. Tony, what is that? missing sports well I did have uh, uh, an initial guess but it wasn't in the Olympics <laughs> Tony mate help us out here <laughs> <laughs> right well I mean <laughs> you, you might have done your research wrong maybe it is the correct answer who knows Oh right! I mean, I was going by the noise of the uh, the uh, trainers on the call. It sounded like squash, but um, it, that wasn't involved in the Olympics. So, have you just phoned up Tony to tell us <laughs> that you had an idea, but you realised it's not in the Olympics? Yeah, <laughs> you're the reason why this thing's still going. Yeah, we'll get so, the next uh, email from management addressed directly to you. Thanks, yeah, mate. But but. Um, Sorry, no, Tony, I, I there's was... no other guess. You have one chance. That's it, sunshine. <laughs> oh, no, I thought you were asking me what I thought it wasn't. <laughs> Tony, what are you doing? Well, you're ruining there's this. There's loads of people waiting to play and you're just, like, blethering on. What's going on, Tony? <laughs> right, you can try again next week if he's still here. Right, let's... let's... Oh, all right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Um, home time, who's this? Um, this is Rebecca Pete. Hello, Rebecca. Welcome to the Olympic Sound. Rebecca, you sound like you're on the ball tonight, like you know what's going on. Please tell us what the missing sport is. Is it basketball? <laughs> oh, no, it's not. It's not. No, it's not. Um, but thank oh. you very much for your try, Rebecca. We appreciate it. All right, thank you. Bye. Hello, home time, who's this? Hi, it's James. James, you sound like you mean business this evening. You're our final contestant, final uh, chance to get this thing wrapped up once and for all. Are you right, feeling confident? Do, right, let's do it. Come on. Come Take on. it down, James. On, What's the missing sport? Uh, right. Uh, can I say more than one or just one? Yeah, one. Just one. Uh, I'm going... Oh, oh, God, I've got five here. <laughs> <laughs> do you think we've not explained the rules properly to this? No, don't doubt yeah, us. Ball. It's on them. Taekwondo, karate, badminton, squash. One of them. Come on. <laughs> no. All right, we'll play your game. It's none of them five. Oh, all right, fair dues, fair dues. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, James. You've landed Thanks. us in the mire for another week. <laughs> right, cheers. Uh, so, hope you enjoyed the podcast. There it is in its full splendour. Uh, we want to apologise. Our emails, we've had all the emails from the past week in one go, just before we went on air, before this show that you, you've just heard. So, I think on Friday's show, we're going we're gonna to go through all those emails. So if you emailed us and we haven't got back to you, uh, that's just that's not us being rude, it's a tech issue. And on the subject of email, do keep your Biscoff ones coming, because they will now get through to us. One word answer, quickly before this podcast ends in five seconds' time. What's your favourite cheesecake? I don't... I can't think of... I've never been asked that before. <laughs> I, can't, I, I, can't, I can't think. 